Hey everybody, welcome to the show. Before you skip the ads or before you do anything crazy, please stop and listen. We're giving away another set of Supergrip ATV K9 tires. You can find the link on Facebook and in our Instagram profile. Seriously, no strings attached. All you have to do is enter and the contest will be over October 31st. You can do a new entry every single day. And if you do all of the extra ways to enter, you can get 36, 36 entries on the first day. The Supergrip ATV tires are the world's best tire, in my opinion. They've been absolutely awesome for me. And I don't know if you've seen them on our social media, but they're a mean, mean tire when they get cut. They look like they get can grab anything. So if you're looking for like a super high performance tire that you can just rail all day long, the Supergrip ATV K9 tire is it. And you can take it to the next level by going to check out the mini Tennessee cut that's being done on these tires. It's pretty crazy how they, much they look like uh, the Big Bouncer Super Swamper tires. But in the event that you don't want to do that, the Super Grip ATV tire is an excellent tread pattern, excellent performing tire right from the get-go. SuperGripATV.com on Facebook and Instagram. Reach out to your local retailer, see them if they have them in stock. They probably don't because everybody wants them. Next on the list is Dynajet Research Inc. Dynojet is awesome because they gave my 1000 XP more power. Lots more power, in fact. Um, I run their uh, Power Vision 3 tuner. Sorry, drawing a blank, you guys. I'm doing this in the middle of a work day. Don't recommend it. My brain is in work mode and it's time to party. So, the Power Vision 3 tuner is an excellent upgrade to your vehicle. One reason, if you're like me, I'm a big nerd, I'm a software engineer by trade, I can log all of the statistics and all of the data that's actually happening on my machine and custom build my own tune using the software that they provide. All I gotta do is upload it to my PowerVision 3 tuner and get it done from there. Or if you wanna trust someone smarter than yourself, like I definitely would, I would give it my best bet and probably blow my engine up. However, you can, you can mail your PowerVision 3 tuner, get the correct tune uploaded to it, or even better, just download one from the respective uh, tuning website. I know Aftermarket Assassins, Evo, everyone, they all use the PowerVision 3 tuner. Highly recommend it. And check out their, their clutch kits while you're there. Fully customizable clutch kits are the only way to make sure you get exactly what you want tailored to your style of riding. Dynojet Research Inc. on Facebook and Dynojet research on Instagram. Okay, next, Diddy's Big Block Race Shop. We didn't meet the other weekend to get these shocks figured out, and uh, I'm kind of bummed about it, but, 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 it's going to work out. I know it will, because I see how happy everyone else is. Uh, Grubicon, the Stretch JL Buggy Wrangler Wide Open Design Built, Diddy's Big Block Revalve, those shocks, you see how well that car works. There's a lot of different things that Diddy's Big Block can do. They are your number one provider for all Mark Williams products. And if you just need some work done and you're in the area, Chris over at Diddy's will take your ride and convert it to whatever finished stage you want him to. Whether it's fine-tuning the suspension, doing a chassis build, even down to fine-tuning wiring plumbing. He can take your build from 0 to 100 or from 95 to 100. Diddy's Big Block Race Shop on Instagram and Facebook. Tell him I sent you. 
He's an awesome dude to work with. He's actually out there with uh, Shock Jesus right now, getting get going going back to Shock School. So he's just getting smarter and smarter as the time goes on. Super happy, super happy to have that guy on board. Uh, next is irate four x four. So back in the day, there used to be this really cool four x four website where everyone would post up their rigs and all this and that. So look, UTV wise, uh, I never, I never had a place to go look at builds and things like that. When I was in my Jeep days, I really enjoyed doing that. Also, I really enjoyed hearing what people had to say to each other about their choice of builds. Uh, irate four x four is a place where you can really either uh, go dish it out, tell them your opinion, or give some strong advice. Uh, irate4x4.com is a really cool place to go see a variety of different builds. Irate4x4 is on Facebook and Instagram. They're posting their build stuff all the time that show up on their website. I highly recommend it. Haven't started my build uh, thread over there yet, but it will only be a matter of time before it all gets done. So I'm really happy that they're on board because that is your number one reliable information source for your full-size trailer, UTV, uh, you know, toy hauler, camper, you know, full builds, everything can be found at irate4x4irate4x4.com. And they're also doing some awesome philanthropy events right now uh, for a wounded wheeler. Please go check that out. irate4x4.com and irate4x4 on Facebook and Instagram. Uh, who we got next? We got all things UTV next. How could I forget? Uh, this is where I go get my axles, all my suspension components, pretty much everything that's not tires, lighting, and performance. Uh, I really like to shop at all things UTV. Not only do I know that I'm going to get some crazy low prices, seriously, y'all, I got my wheels from there, uh, my limit straps, the inner fender liners, my Razor Aid tender springs. And I had talked to Dustin and I was like, hey man, did you bring it, you know, like, is everything right? And yeah, everything was good and square. Everything showed up. I felt like I paid half of what I should have paid. So I'm so excited to have those guys on board. Uh, Dustin and his team are the best when it comes to customer service, getting everything shipped out on time, promptly, everything you can think of, all things UTV gets the job done. So if you're in need of parts, Check out allthingsutv.com and All Things UTV on Facebook and Instagram. And last but not least, it is Infinite Off-Road, www.infiniteoffroad.com, the best place to get your light bars and light pods. Uh, one thing that they did want me to mention this week is they now have magnetic rock lights. So if you want to move them from car to car, that's an option. Or you don't have the perfect place to mount them, or if you're running a buggy and you're looking to get some rock lights, Problem solved. Magnetic rock lights with a 25-year, you break it, they fix it warranty. No questions asked. They have a pure white emitter on their rock lights. The only company that does that. Uh, they don't mix colors to create white. And I can guarantee that they're the whitest and brightest patterns. So, infiniteoffroad.com, Infinite Off Road on Facebook and Instagram. All right, today I had Derek Blankenship on the show. Uh, we're talking about the Kentucky Cross Country Racing Series. Super, super excited. Uh, turns out, you'll hear in my interview, we're talking about an October 31st Halloween race. Um, I, in the interview, said I won't be there. Things have changed. Maybe I will be. Maybe not. Razor drivers, UTV drivers, I need you guys to show up because if we can get this race series in, to accept the UTVs and to plan on having UTVs there, not only is it a different style of racing, but it's also going to be another avenue for you to enjoy yourself 
and one that's not going to be as harsh on your machine as other racing series. So without giving any more information away about this really cool and unique racing series, everybody welcome Derek Blankenship. Get a drink and gather around. Let's talk drivers. Let's talk rigs. Let's talk skill. You've got the best of the best in the off-road racing world. Have a seat at the table with us and let's talk about racing on the rocks. Boom. Just like that. We're live. How are you, Derek? Perfect. I'm good. How's it going, Jesse? Man, I am uh, so excited to have you on. Uh, as I say, every time I begin a podcast, we had a short little conversation just a few minutes ago, and I am stoked because uh, there is a void right now in the UTV racing in the Southeast and in the bid South, I guess you would call us, and you're here to fill the void, and I'm very excited <laughs> to talk to you about it. Uh, awesome. But first, first, man, how are you? Tell me about yourself. What are you doing today? Man, I am getting ready for round six, uh, heading to that location tomorrow to kind of just get everything lined out. But, you know, it's it's been a, a challenge this year. But, you know, now that we're at round six, it's been uh, been exciting. You know, if only I knew now what I knew at the beginning, it would be a, a whole different world. But, you know, just just really learning as we go. And, and I think we're 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 really building something cool. I think you are too. Uh, I've been keeping up with you guys for some time now, and I'm really excited to kind of delve into the details. Um, before we get to the race organization, um, I want to ask you about yourself outside the off-road world. Um, you know, what do you do? What do you not like to do? Uh, unrelated to all this kind of fun stuff that you're forced to do for the job. Oh, man. I mean, honestly, it is this, this is the fun stuff for me. You know, a, a typical race week, you know, I'm just out there running around on the four-wheeler, throwing up arrows, putting up banner, running around with some guys that are, I call them my race crew, but I mean, they're more like family than anything. We set up the whole course, just the two two other guys and me in about a week. So uh, wow. it's pretty exciting. You know, I, I really don't feel like it's work. I mean, it's stressful at times, you know, kind of hitting that deadline, but mm -hmm. man, I, I wouldn't call it work for a second. That's beautiful. Now, uh, is this your... Uh, is this your main job or is this a side hustle? What do you have going on? <laughs> yeah, you know, so my main gig, what kind of pays the bills is I sell recreational land kind of all over eastern Kentucky. So I'm a real estate agent that specializes, kind of focuses on raw land, like cabins, you know, places for people to get out, ride ATVs, side by sides, mm -hmm. dirt bikes, hunt, you know, that kind of thing. So I used to sell houses in Lexington wasn't about that life you know moved out to campton <laughs> yeah ride my ride my dirt bike through the woods and just you know i don't know i mean i live a pretty simple exciting fun action-packed life so it's it's been yeah. a it's been fun kind of growing with it yeah absolutely it's that's cool that you are you know the main job ties into all of this that's pretty neat yeah um, for sure so i i want to ask what made you see the vacuum and want to start a race series yeah, it's, it's interesting. So I, I raced uh, dirt bikes as a kid, you know, from like, uh, started out on like a CRF 100 when I was like 10 and raced like the old core series uh, mm -hmm. all the way up until I guess 2007. Uh, joined the military, kind of took a 10 year break and then got back into it last year, got me a new KTM 350 and was driving to Indiana, you know, every other weekend to race. 
and was like, why am I driving five hours and was talking to everybody. And I was like, what happened with the Kentucky race scene? And, you know, kind of got filled in on the series that kind of came and went since cores and stuff. And honestly just saw the opportunity and was like, talked to a few people, tried to get some other people on board and couldn't really get any momentum. So I was just like, well, here we go. Talked to the wife a little bit. Didn't really get the go ahead, but, you know, still went with it. <laughs> I feel like that's how it is all the time. Like, I, I don't I don't believe in the, like, ask for forgiveness mentality. I, I, I really believe in, like, hey, I'm going to let you know up front what's going to happen. And we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens after you respond, but it's probably going to happen. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that, that's pretty much how it went down. I mean, we both, uh, I mean she was definitely aware and everything, but we definitely didn't know how much it was going to take and what we were getting into, but it's, it's been exciting, man. I mean, the, the, the racers, you know, it's like family, you know, it's just been a growing family. That's the whole thing. You know, it's, we're still small. So we have that family atmosphere on race day and everything. So it's, it's been fun. So how many races have you had? So just to be clear, 2020 has been your first season, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yes, sir. Beautiful. Beautiful. Um, we so we've got five races under our belt, and I did uh, two practice races like at my house, at my property, with just friends and stuff, just working on scoring, the setup, registration, just trying to get a feel for how things go before we had you know two hundred racers come out. Yeah. So our first first two practice rounds, we had twenty people, and you know then our first race we had two hundred and fifty six racers, I think. So Dang, yeah. <laughs> That's okay. So, I mean, attendance isn't an issue. That's that's what it seems like there with two hundred racers. Oh yeah, no, I mean that was like right when COVID was getting started, you know. So yeah. to have that, we had about just shy of five hundred through the gate, and yeah, oh, two hundred and fifty-six racers. So yeah, okay. it's just been slowly. We kind of took a dip after that first race because we didn't mm -hmm. race again until uh, what's that say, June twenty-eighth. You know, mm -hmm. so that was just this not really knowing what to do but then you know other series figured out how to race during all of this and we kind of just copied their their stuff and went back right to racing and really it's just been kind of slowly increasing since then so we had our, our biggest race was round five so yeah we're, we're headed hey, in the right direction that's awesome man yeah i was gonna ask that was my next question was how are you guys dealing with the whole covid situation and uh, you guys being outside and all that kind of fun stuff, I know it eliminates a lot of the, a lot of the worry for most of that stuff. So that's, that's great news. Um, so all of the races here, uh, I'm looking at, you know, you got a race number, a date, a name, and a location. I don't know any of these locations or any of these date or any of these names, excuse me. Um, yeah. Are you guys racing at off-road parks or are they like MX ATV tracks or, or where are you guys finding this land? So uh, some of the land, like a couple of the locations were just clients of mine that I kind of picked up through the real estate career. But mm -hmm. the other ones like uh, Russell Creek, um, that's an actual off-road park down in Greensburg. Uh, mm -hmm. Let's see, you know, then we did round three was up at a off-road, like uh, mostly motocross park up in Greenup uh, near Ashland. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, Lewisburg, we're, we were there for round four, which is a new uh, location, um, but it's uh, it's really neat. It's going to be an actual off-road park with like motocross track, like the, the owner's really, really awesome. His name's Cyhead, but 
he's super pumped about bringing all types of racing. Uh, it's about 650 acres. Um, but man, it's, it's prime. I mean, it's really got a little bit of everything. So we'll be back there for our Halloween race, uh, uh, race eight, but Mm -hmm. that one's going to be a cool one. That's the one that we will have uh, side by sides there. So we're, we're super pumped about that one. Yes, absolutely. Um, so before we break into the side by side conversation, explain to me, how does a race weekend work for a racer? What do I need to do beforehand? What do I need to do when I get there? And and if, you know, if I've never came and raced with you guys, uh, can you give me like the timeline of like how the day would work and everything I need to do beforehand? Yeah. So when we have side by sides, we'll probably race. I'm not, sh- I'm not exactly sure. This is kind of to get a feeling for how we'll do it. We could do them on Saturday or Sunday. Um, but I mean, honestly, actually we probably have to do them on Saturday because our Sunday race schedule is pretty much all dirt bikes and ATVs. Okay. So, uh, honestly, I mean, we can set up Saturdays pretty much however we want based on kind of the feedback here, but the mm-hmm. only thing we do on Saturday really is a six, 6 PM or I guess, uh, that day it'll, yeah, we can probably still put a 6 PM pit bike race together. So, uh, I mean, however we decide to set it up for Saturday is kind of, there's nothing set in stone yet. Let me just say this. Uh, if you guys have pit bike races at this thing, I have a, I have a, I have this nice spare tire carrier on my razor, uh, that's, that's custom built and I'm just going to strap a pit bike to it and make sure that I'm there for the pit bike races too, because, uh, that almost sounds more fun than, uh, <laughs> than racing my side by side. Oh my uh, God, dude. It's a blast. It is a oh blast. Our last one had 12 racers in it and man, they just bar to bar the whole time. It's epic. I love it. Now see, okay. I have a, I have a confession here. Um, I am not uh, a gifted like dirt bike driver, I guess. <laughs> this guy in the middle is me like starting gate. So uh, <laughs> that is I, first turn. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So the thing is, is I, I had a, I didn't grow around, grow up around like motorsports at all. And my friends, I think I was probably 13. They got a dirt bike. Uh, my neighbor did, and he was really familiar and his little brother got a 50 CC dirt bike. And nice. I was like, okay, I'll get on the small one because I'll. My mom is a uh, an in, was worked in insurance for thirty five years, and um, my dad just wasn't into you know mechanic stuff, so we just never had these kind of toys. So I get on this thing and like I'm learning how to shift and this and that, and uh, man, I just like loved it. And I got on the big bike. I think he had like a, a one twenty five or something. It, I, I was big for the bike at twelve, and. Uh, I just remember going and, and like slowing down and then falling over and I like burned <laughs> my leg really bad. And I just remember thinking to myself, okay, no more two wheels. And that was probably the last time I've been on something that had a motor and two wheels in a long, like I was probably 12 last time I was on one because I'm just not gifted with it. Thank God I found razors. <laughs> Thank Gosh. God UTV. <laughs> True, man. Y'all scare me. I'm like, I just want to be on two wheels. I get scared on those, those things. Whew. Y'all are wilder than me. <laughs> I'll say that. We have, you know, it's the old saying uh, that, you know, uh, a or cage comes with the age or something like that. I, I don't remember what it is. Uh, but I'll tell you this, being someone who's a little more hesitant, uh, like I really like this kind of racing. I feel the most safe when I'm in my UTV, like when I'm suited up, you know, neck restraints, fire suit, window nets, the whole nine yards, 
Um, I feel I feel so safe. And that allows it to go, you know, the the crazy speeds and all those other things. Um, I hear you. But all that being said, uh, so you guys primarily do most of your racing on Sunday right now is what you were saying about the scheduling. Yeah. Yeah. I did that just because we're kind of new and I knew that we could fit it all in on a Sunday. You know, Mm -hmm. the bigger series are definitely splitting it up and having like a.m. and p.m. bike or a.m. and p.m. quad. So mm-hmm. our numbers just allows us to kind of fit everybody in one day. But I mean, definitely as we grow, I think that it'll be something where we go to a two day event um, mm-hmm. just because it, it makes more sense to not have as many people out on the track at the same time. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, so now we're just trying to on Saturdays, we're just doing more fun races uh, just to kind of transition into that for next year. But yeah, next year, I think we'll have more side by side races and, and do that mostly on one of the two days. Yeah. And, and it's so funny. I don't remember who I was talking to. I think, uh, so the, the podcast actually sponsors a, a, one of the rock bouncer drivers for the UTV league. And I was talking to him and I mentioned, uh, I was getting prepared for the interview and I was, I was talking and I was like, man, I'm a little bummed that the UTV race for the series is on Halloween. Now, the only reason <laughs> I say that is because I have a seven-year-old uh, daughter who is not into UTVs, doesn't give a uh, one care about them. And, uh, she is, uh, she's like just not been around, you know, loud noises and things like that. So like, I'll start the razor and really like get in it. And she like gets scared and doesn't want to be on it anymore. Um, so I I have already news. Good news. Yes. So we're going to have some type of trick or treating at the event. Oh, Oh, that's good news. That is good news. Uh, but that was my only hesitation. And, and I told him, I was like, it, it, it's, I, I was like, maybe, you know, maybe I can, I can talk to Derek and I can say, we'll have this big push for next year. And, and he kind of looked at me, he goes, man, with the way the season and the schedule has gone this year, if anyone's going to try something new, it's going to be this year. And I, I was like, well, that's true. And then uh, last week I actually got some unfortunate news for me. Uh, the November it this is all conjecture still, but uh, the November race that I was looking at that's going to happen at Winrock, it, it's sounding like it's going to be canceled. Um, oh. so a lot of schedules freed up. Um, a lot of schedules uh, are are, are going to be wide open after that. I know that um, a bunch of the race leagues that the guys race in right now, they'll actually be over by Halloween as well. Um, so it opened the door quite a bit. And that's why I was, was I kind of, I, ju- I got back with you and I wanted to be a little bit more aggressive and trying to get you on the schedule here soon. Yeah, um, for sure. Because I, I really think that, uh, you know, if we, if we can get the word out, uh, I think that you can probably get a few more folks there last time or a few more folks than you had last time, because uh, you had a really, uh, a low turnout for the UTVs um, for your first race with them. Right. Yeah, I mean, we didn't really promote it that much, and I kind of just threw it together. Um, mm-hmm. We had seven, six or seven, um, okay. but, I mean, that was probably good. You know, you don't want to have a huge turnout your first round, so we learned a lot just having those seven racers there on what, how we should set up things, how we shouldn't, kind of what they want, so it was definitely good. I mean, I wouldn't, yeah, I mean, I'm happy with it. Seven people there just to kind of do a practice run was good for me, so. Can you can you tell me a little bit about um, some of the vehicle requirements that you guys have and some of the safety requirements? Yeah, I mean, I don't have them all in front of me, and I, I don't yeah. know side by sides well enough. But I know that we had like you know six point K 
cage requirement, window nets or hand restraints, uh, four-point harness, I think is what we had, um, neck support or something of that along those lines. Um, we ended up not doing the fire suit just because we had a water truck there and the whole track was visible wow. from scoring. So yeah. we thought we thought that would get a few more racers, uh, just not having that requirement. Um, but, you know, I think that's a big one for me is just that's my biggest fear in racing side by side, just getting burned up. So I think that's something that I really, really would push for. Um, but I know they're pricey. So it, I don't know. What's your all thoughts on those? I know you said you wear one. Yeah, so uh, all of the race leagues that you find around here, um, Ultra 4, Pro Rock, Southern, any, anybody that does any kind of racing around here, um, it is a requirement. Um, yeah. And it's not a bad thing to have. And, and, and there's a, there's, there are events around here that don't require them. And, and I'll be honest with you, I don't think that's the biggest deal breaker to not have, you know, to not require fire suits. And I'm sure people are going to come after me saying that, but um as long as you have a fire extinguisher mounted within reach of the driver, it typically turns out okay. Um, you know, I'm gonna knock on wood here. I I personally have never seen a, you know, like a fire so to the point where the driver couldn't get out in time type of situation. Um, right. I, I you know I, I don't think that that's the pro the big concern I guess. And I again I could be wrong. Um, but all that being said. Um, I think that you, I think that what you said about the cage, the window nets, harnesses, all that kind of fun stuff. I think that's very important. Um, I think the only other thing other than fire extinguisher uh, would be like a siren yeah. and things like that. Uh, do you guys yeah. have any requirements for those? Um, we had the fire extinguisher one, but we didn't have like a horn or siren or anything mm -hmm. like that. Uh, I guess, would that be for like passing or what would, what would yeah. be that point? Okay. Yeah. It'd be, it's basically instead of, instead of give some, giving someone a love bump from the back, uh, you just, uh, you let them know you're yeah. back there. And, uh, a lot of, again, anyone that's racing right now has those built in, uh, it would be just a requirement for someone new. And, um, I actually just installed one on my car cause I actually switching over to a, a two seat car where I raced a one seater last year. Um, and it was a hundred bucks on Amazon. So it, it wasn't, you know, yeah, I know not bad. yeah absolutely. Um, so all that being said, I think that those are good. Uh, now, do you guys require a neck restraint? I can't remember if you said that. Uh, I, you know, I'm not sure if we did or not. I know, I think we had like some type of neck restraint. I don't think we allowed the roll, like mm -hmm. neck rolls. Like I think we did have like a Liat like neck restraint or like a strap in style. Okay. Yeah, I know a lot of a lot of guys currently they use Hans devices, and yeah. I'll tell you just just from my perspective uh that's a that's an expensive piece of equipment and i've said this to a few people here recently but when you think about what it actually does in terms of like the security for your neck it's it's very yeah. justifiable <laughs> you know yeah, you want to be exactly. mad that it costs so much money but then again you're like well it's doing it's doing an important job um, right. <laughs> but that being said hans device is really good that's probably um when i felt most safe was when i had my window nets up and my hans on um it really i mean your head doesn't move at all. Those who haven't ever worn one, it's like, you're just, you're like Frankenstein. Your neck doesn't work anymore. It's, it's, it's perfect. You're not going anywhere. That's the point. <laughs> right. um, but uh, probably the most important topic um, is course design. Um, you mentioned, you know, the earlier, the earlier uh, UTV race for the year, it was um, all within like site. Uh, I know. Uh, that you guys, yeah. You, yeah. Well, 
you know, well, you guys look like you run through the woods a little bit. Um, what does a normal course look like? You know, do, do, does it vary or, or how do you go about picking the courses currently? Yeah. So basically for like, we'll just talk about like adult courses, um, mm -hmm. for the bikes and quads, they're usually, you know, seven, eight miles of like 51, 52 inches is kind of like what everything will fit through. So mm -hmm. it's pretty tight, but you know, that's that fits a four wheeler and bike pretty easy. Mm -hmm. Um, and really we just, I run through with a Foreman 500 and stick up arrows and the guys follow behind me and cut the trail. Um, gotcha. so that's pretty much the setup. I mean, whenever I'm out there making the course, I'm just thinking what's a novice rider. As long as a novice rider can make one lap in a day, mm -hmm. then it's a good course. It has some challenging stuff, but nothing so steep or challenging that every rider shouldn't be able to get through the course, um, for, for bike and ATV. Now, uh, for, for the side-by-side, -side, what we did is I just set up like a, it was right at one mile mm -hmm. and it was half, half field kind of grass track and half like wide open wood trail. So it was still kind of tight, you know, they were rubbing trees in spots, mm -hmm. but you know, when you get out into the, the field sections, it was wide open. I, I know one guy said he hit 82, so it, it, it had some speed to it. <laughs> yeah, certainly. I'd say so. Uh, and I definitely don't think that, uh, tight trails are an issue. I know that um, there are plenty of races that I've watched where, you know, there is basically no area for passing. Um, I know that that's something that a lot of times racers will vocalize is, you know, they want more area to pass on the, on the course and things like that. Um, but I would, I would say probably 30% of the current race courses, um, they're just, they're not wide enough through the woods. Uh, and, and I say not wide enough, they're not wide enough to pass. You know, it's still an excellent race course. It's still great. Um, there's always areas where you can make a pass. Uh, like it'll open up to a field or something like that. And um, I think what really makes it special is the the short course aspect of, of what you guys have going on. Because, um, and, and for those looking at the, the live stream here, I'm trying to scroll down to see where we can end up. If I can get a picture of a UTV race here. Um, but, uh, not a lot of the race courses have just wide open, you know, wide open starts and sections. Can you, can you um, refresh my memory? What's it called when all the racers start side by side rather than doing like two and two off the line? Uh, there's a word for it. I learned that last weekend. I've been Brandon racing like all week and uh, yeah. it's, I'm, I'm like, I'm big into the short course stuff right now. Everyone that listens to the podcast, there's your heads up. <laughs> That's who's coming on the show next is all the Crandon people. <laughs> but, um, but I'm not sure. Uh, it's like a wide open start. Um, they don't normally do that either. I think that that's really cool where, where basically it's just an open field start. Um, little details like that uh, kind of give people, you know, a little bit of a different taste. But um, I think either way, we're we're just excited to find a new a new avenue for racing uh, especially in this area and and i guess what i was going to ask about the the course creation is when you guys when, when you're out making the courses are you trying to avoid big rock sections are you trying to you know uh, you know you mentioned not not too steep not too you know technical uh is there anything that you're avoiding or are you trying to keep the race pace quick Oh, no. I mean, uh, we're definitely not trying to avoid 
like obstacles or anything like that. Um, you know, like when I say like, we can't go into a creek and then make a 90 degree out of the creek up a bank, you know, cause just, that's not something a guy on a, a novice bike rider can do. Okay. Um, I'll, I'll, for the side-by-side course that we design, it'll be a complete separate course than what the bike and quad guys are on okay. just because it'll race on Saturday and the bike and quad guys won't want to race on it afterwards. Just, you know, yeah, I can, I can it, it gets pretty shredded. So what yeah. we'll do is, is, uh, that with our next round that has them, uh, there's a couple really nice fire road, like, mm-hmm wooded fire roads uh that we're going to use that'll be like really good for passing and like then we'll cut off into some wood sections uh that'll be a little bit tighter but it's a it's a large growth forest so the trees are big and the little trees are small so Mm -hmm. even though we'll have our arrows there there'll be plenty of room for sending it for passing i mean that won't be a problem um and then we'll have a lot of field section too so if I had to estimate, I'd say the track will probably be, it could be anywhere from two to four miles. Um, but it'll be a mixture of everything. Like, we'll, we'll, there's one creek that I know is there that is, it's wide and rocky, but I feel like y'all will definitely be going down it. Cool. That's great news. Um, my other question would be, uh, you said about a two to four mile loop, correct? Right. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking now. But I mean, it's all up for discussion, really. How many laps do you go based on laps or a time period? Uh, so the last race we did, we raced for an hour um, and we had a short track. So they did like 19 laps, Whoa. you know, so yeah. uh, that puts if you have six racers, that's not that big a deal. But if you've got 30 racers mm-hmm. or more doing that many laps, it kind of gets bottlenecked up. So that's why I would, I would shoot for a longer course just so it, it would cut down on the lap times. But mm-hmm. my, my thought are doing like, my thoughts doing like 45 minutes or an hour, um, or something, but that's all, I mean, we could do, we could do three 30 minute races, two different heats and a final, like we're, I'm open for anything, whatever is going to bring the most people out and have the most fun, you know? Yeah. I think that that would be, that would be really interesting to have, um, because what, what a racer wants to do, I, I interviewed last week, two of, two of the guys that do in the endurance racing right now. And the thing that they voiced, you know, they used to do the big bounty hills and, and the big, huge hill climbs. And they voiced doing all of this preparation for a 20 minute, you know, 20 minutes in the car, basically on the weekend. Uh, and what they really enjoyed about the endurance is the more, you know, more time on the course. So I think it would be cool if you did, you know, a three lap, 30 minute, uh, you know, a couple of those runs qualifying, get everyone squared away for the next qualifying while the other one's going on. Um, and then you had, you know, or call it qualifying, but basically you're given uh, the driver more time on course, more yeah. time racing. And, and, and that is, that's appealing because uh, a lot of these guys, you know, there's guys in Alabama that'll make the drive Tennessee, all over Tennessee, Kentucky, Indiana, everyone. And if you can tell them, Hey, you know, you'll race, you'll do a 30 minute race. And then if you, you know, qualify well, respectively, you know, you'll have an hour race at the, at, you know, in the middle of the day that, that to me, if I know I'm going to show up and race for an hour and a half. If I don't just blow my machine up, I'm coming. Yeah. That's a great yeah. time. Yeah. What do you think? So just uh, kind of further on that subject there, 
um, have like, uh, we could even do it like Supercross Motocross where you have like a last chance qualifier even. So you have like a main, like a qualifying one race, qualifying two race, and then the top however many in those two rounds go to the main. And then the bottom, everybody else gets to race again for like a couple more spots to get to the main. So yeah, I, I think that, that'd be that cool. way, yeah, even if you have a bad first race, you have a second chance to get to the main event, you know? Yeah, absolutely. I think that that's, that would be really, really neat, especially, you know, uh, depending on how you, those first two heats, uh, how you chose, you know, where people started. Maybe you did, you know, uh, you drew names out of a hat and ran all the evens in the front row and then all the odds in the back row and then swapped them for the heat two or something like that, or, you know, however you can make it happen. Uh, Cause essentially the, the way everything works right now for us is you do one qualifying and you get the pole and then that, then you start, the, you know, you start first the next day. Well, my, my thought is I want to start everybody on one line. Yeah. That's kind of, yeah. I mean, even if we had 30, I would, I would set up the start to where we could dive them all into the first turn 30 deep. So exciting! I, I know. It's. I mean, I don't know if it's dangerous, but it's a little it's definitely dangerous. exciting. <laughs> yeah. No. Uh, so, uh, man, I'm gonna I'm gonna look at this. Uh, the, uh, the there is a little bit of danger to it, but that's that's really 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 exciting. Um, no one is doing that on the East Coast. I'll, I'll say it that way. Um, no one is is starting like that and and i think that that's really cool and also that eliminates the need for corrected time um, right there's a lot of issues in in popular race leagues with corrected time uh, yeah. i know that, that it seems like every single race one race league in particular has uh it is corrected time issues and it delays everything and it, it turns into something you know way out of scope and all that kind of fun stuff but um, yeah, I think it would be awesome to have that kind of that that setup. I think that's really unique. That's another draw that would be unique to this uh, to your race league for sure. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. That's it's definitely the the locations we're at. There's definitely plenty of field to to make it happen. So I think that's good. Um, do you guys do any? Uh, you know, you mentioned MX tracks and things like that. Is there any discussion with some of this land and you guys do like, uh, you know, uh, man-made jumps in any of the field sections or anything like that? Oh yeah, absolutely. We were going to do it in the last round. Just, I kind of put off on it just cause I didn't know. Mm -hmm. uh, I was more just leery of doing it. Cause you know, mm -hmm. I heard a couple people talk, you have to build them just right. And yeah. We didn't have anybody there to test them. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, we just kind of put that to the side. But, yeah, I mean, that's definitely something where we could have, like, some single rollers or something mm -hmm. like that. But whatever you all want, just let me know. Yeah, I think that that's – so that's wonderful because there there is certain parks where, you know, they have short course sections and there's some – I would be really hard stretched to call them jumps now because a lot of these parks, they get double-dutied. And for example, the one that I'm thinking of, uh, Adventure Off-Road Park, they ran um, monster mud trucks through their short course and they like demolished it. And all the all the what were big, these big tabletop jumps are now um, just giant. You know, it's like a jump into a mud hole, essentially. And oh. it's, uh, yeah, it's 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 just 
every single time I go down there, I go to the track and I'm thinking to myself, man, you know, like this will be great. This is going to be awesome. And every single time I go down there, you have to weave and bob through, you know, 20 foot deep mud holes. So it's, it's not the best thing in the world, but um, I think that that would be another draw. Uh, I'm trying to think about all the different things. I mean, everything you're saying is is different from what exists out there now. And that is, in my opinion, enough to draw someone in for sure. Cool. For sure. Um, trying to think. So about an hour race. I think that that's a great idea for like the, the main heat um, and even those qualifying heats. That would be awesome because I, I'm thinking, you know, you're going to get a group of people here that, you know, it may be his first race. He's not going to pull off the line, you know, and be the first. But what you're going to do is you're going to just guarantee, you know, unless this machine breaks down or something like that, you're going to guarantee him a chance to get out there and race. And um, a lot of these, a lot of times, uh, that's just not the case. You know, some, some of the race courses are just so hard on these cars that you've got to dump, you know, everything you have into it just to make it to the end of the race. Attrition is the hardest part of, utv racing uh right now yeah. because uh they're they're just you know throwing everything they can at them and i i have a and correct me if i'm wrong i have a feeling that um all, attrition is always a factor but it will be um a reduced factor you know racing on the courses that you guys kind of have in mind it'll it'll be more focused on you know speed and keeping pace and, and keeping the car together in that respect and you know obviously like not running into a tree rather yeah. than <laughs> I hit a, you know, I hit a boulder at 45 miles an hour. Yeah, that's the, yeah. I mean, my goal would be to keep everybody in the race till the end. You know, I don't want to give you anything that's going to destroy your stuff because, yeah, that's not fun for anybody. You know, well, I want something. <laughs> There's I don't a lot of guys anyway. there right now that do it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I think it'll still be something that's challenging, um, but I think that I'll definitely keep in mind, you know, not throwing stuff out there that, you know unexpectedly destroys your stuff like sure. if you go if you go off course and you try to jump a 20-foot gap and you smash into the other side of the ravine that's that's kind of off my hands at that that's point. on that's but, on you <laughs> <laughs> right right uh okay oh man i had something else to say okay uh pre-running do you allow uh to pre-run the course uh, so what we did last race is we did like a site lap and I just kind of went out and just did like a slow pace, let everybody kind of see the course just where it was short. Mm -hmm. Um, but I don't know, whatever we, uh, I'm up in the air on how to do that in the future. If it's a longer course, you know, cause mm -hmm. yeah, I don't know. What are your all thoughts on it? I know typically, uh, what they typically have done in the past is so the race organizations primarily will do all the, all of their racing in one day. And I like that you guys race on Sunday because it not only takes a lot of that stress off. It, well, what I'm saying, let me roll it back here. I'm getting ahead of myself. I like that you guys do all UTV racing on one day and then MX racing on one day. You know, like you guys have got it separated where if I show up to race UTV, I can show up on one day and I don't have to stay Friday, Saturday to, you know, kind of complete my weekend, if that makes sense. Right. Yeah. Um, I, I, I like that a lot. And I think that there's a lot of drivers right now that have issues not being able to show up for, you know, not everybody can take Friday off work, which is right. uh, another issue that, that, that exists out there right now. Um, if you show up on Saturday, you get to run one of the two classes, you know, by default, you, you've already missed the other one. And I know that's a, that's a big issue for some guys. Um, but in terms of pre-running, 
what they do currently is uh, the day before you're allowed to show up and run through the course, you know, at whatever pace or speed you normally do. Now, obviously that has an effect on the course quality and not quality, but um, the course status, I guess, like, you know, you're going to tear the course up if you have guys running through there at speed. And I guess it would really be a decision for you. Um, there's a lot of guys, especially the guys that are a little bit more professional, they'll show up, they'll pre-run until they can tell you, you know, you'll take a left turn and then in 500 feet, you have a right turn. You know, there, there are guys that run their programs at that, you know, granularity. However, um, you know, there could be, you show up and, you know, if you show up at 7 a.m. and you know the race is at 9 a.m. or something, you have, you know, the cutoff is 8.30. Everybody's got to be off the course at 8.30 and you can only run, you know, 30, 40 miles or 30 miles an hour. There's a speed limit for pre-running. You know, there, there, there are options there. Um, but again, all of this is kind of coming on the fly. I'm not, I haven't put much thought into that one. Okay. Yeah. I mean, my first thought is to keep it kind of like XC racing with bikes and quads where nobody can ride the track until race day. So you can walk it as far as dirt bikes and ATVs, you can walk it and mountain bike it. Um, but no machines are on the course until start time. Um, I, I like that too, because I mean, it that, gives it a fair advantage, you know, for everybody. You know, if one guy can't get there until right before the race, but the other guys have put in 10 laps, you know, that's not so much fair, in my opinion, uh, to yeah. every racer, you know. But if everybody's seeing it for the first time at the same time, mm -hmm. uh, I think that's the most, you know, fair for everyone. And it kind of makes it a, a, a lot level, more level playing field. I would I would agree with you. And I, and I think that there will be some people that, that – disagree with that just for the sake of um i apologize for the i'm trying to get the dates back up here we had somebody uh ask us about the dates um but uh yeah I, I i dig that because i think that it really does level it i mean me being a guy and like 99 percent of the other people that do this uh this is a hobby i can't take off every friday you know for a race and um it is a huge advantage to pre-run so right. uh I, I think that that's pretty cool if, you know, now lay it out for me in terms of, you know, the race is at 9am. Would we all go walk it at, you know, 730 that morning or how does um, that structure work? I'm not familiar. I, I'm new yeah. to all of this. Let me say that. No, you're <laughs> fine. Um, so basically, I mean, you could walk it all the way up until the start time, uh, essentially okay. is the way it's set up. So we open the gates, you know, we'll say, whatever like this coming event the gates open friday at 5 p.m so you can bring your rigs camp whatever and walk the track that day that night the next morning um and then you know our typical racing is on sunday so if we had us at a more of a full saturday schedule we'd probably open gates like friday morning mm -hmm. um maybe thursday night i'm not really sure just depends how far people were traveling and what the what they wanted but typically i mean yeah you could walk it all the way up until start time Okay. Uh, I'm, I'll, I'll be honest with you. I'm liking everything I'm hearing so far. This is, this is encouraging. <laughs> um, my next question would be, uh, what are, uh, entry fees? Oh, I think I lost Derek. Um, James, they will not have side by sides at any of their events until October 31st. Um, so that's the race that we're looking at here. Um, unfortunately, uh, the, 
KXCR. There he is. He's back. Yeah. Sorry. Technical nope. difficulties. My you're, fat. You're okay. Uh, <laughs> I was just explaining that the 31st of October will be the next event that side by sides are at. And uh, my question for you was um, entry fees and that process. How does that all work with you guys? Uh, it's pretty set for the bikes and ATVs, you know, like uh, where we have so many more racers, the entry fees are lower, like 35 to 65 bucks. Um, but you know, with, I'm not really sure, you know, I've seen some of the other entry fees for some of the other series, but I'm not really sure how to price it. Really. I wanted to kind of chat with you all about it, kind of see what kind of pro payouts we want and, and that type of thing. So it's definitely up in the air. Yeah. I, um, I don't, I don't think that, uh, and, and again, this is my own opinion. I'll, I'll let, you know, here's, here's my goal for this. Let me, let me say that. Um, I am going to, I'm sorry, work just sent me a thing. I needed to mute that. Um, I'm going to show up and race because I want to try something new and, and it's not as much about the payout and all that kind of fun stuff. You will definitely, um, have all that come in. Um, so sorry. Let me just kill this. My boss is trying to talk to me. Um, Bosses. Got to get rid of those guys. Ah, I'm working on it. I'm working on it. I got to get this podcast taken off. Um, okay. <laughs> so uh, that being said, uh, the race fee or the race, the entry fees right now are 250 per race per class. Um, and there is only two classes. We have a, there's a pro-am and there's a, uh, uh, like the pro or there's a pro and there's an amateur. Um, but all that being said is I'm not really sure that everyone would be that concerned with big payouts or things like that. Just because, you know, this is a, this is a go get your feet wet type situation where, you know, yeah. we kind of want to see how, what it's about, you know, what it, what we're getting ourselves into and, and kind of evolve from there. Um, I'm not the right person to ask because this is a, this is a money sucking sport I'm fully aware. And also I'm not always the one in contention for uh, the winnings. So let me say it like that. So yeah. um, what I, what I had in mind is I probably will uh, at the end of this episode, we'll kind of make a, a, I'll open my, my mailboxes up for everyone's suggestions and things like that. And I'll get all that sent over to you. Um, awesome. But what did you have in mind for entry fees and prizes and things like that? You know, I, I really hadn't put a whole bunch of thought into it. I mean, I know what we did at the last race, and it, it probably didn't work as well as I was hoping. Um, I mean, we had $75 entry fee. And then that was just me not doing my own research and seeing what the other entry fees were. So I know that we're, we're definitely going to have to charge more than that uh, for the next round. But, um, yeah, I just really haven't really set a number on it. You know, 250 sounds definitely reasonable to me. Um but you know, it might be 200, it might be 300. I, I really don't know, but I know that we'll, we'll have a good payout just because I know that the guys that I just think that having a good pro payout brings a lot more people, um, across the board, you know, cause you know, the amateur guys are following the pro guys. And if the pro guys are going, the amateur guys are going to show up too. So that's, that's one thing that I, I feel like, you know, you got to have a good pro payout to get the numbers there. So um yeah i don't know i just uh it's it's up in the air you know yeah absolutely and I, I think you're right i think and i think you're on the i think you're on the right path here because uh i know that 
uh, in some of the race leagues, the payouts used to be higher, like much, much higher than they are now. And, and now, you know, it seems all across the board, UTVs are kind of getting like a little bit of the shaft in terms of payouts. So it's good to hear that you, you want to keep that payout high, um, especially on the pro side. Again, this is, I'm, I'm an amateur. So everything that I said in regards to the payout stuff, I don't even think about, I know I'm showing up to pay my entry fee. I'm going to race and I'm going to have a great time. And that's, that's what, yeah. I'm, that's what I'm getting here. <laughs> so, so all that being said, um, I think that that's, that's good. Uh, there's, there are some more suggestions, like I said, uh, that I'll, I'll get to you um, after this, after the fact. Uh, but I think that that's good. Uh, one thing we did have mentioned here was a parade lap. Uh, you know, if, if people could, if you had like a little pace side by side. and Yeah, uh, that's that's uh, that's what I was. I mean, that's what we did at our last round. Uh, okay. And I think that that to me makes the most sense. Um, just to, right before the start of the race, you know, go out for a one just sight lap is what I called it, you know, just so you can kind of see, know what to expect, know when, if you're going to pass, you kind of have a visual memory of like what was going on. So you kind of, it's not all up in the, up in the air, you know? So I, I I like the parade lap, you know, just cause I get to be out in the front and kind of lead everybody around. Yeah. (laughs) But, um, yeah, I I mean, I like, I like it. Yeah, I do too. And, And I think that it's, I mean, from the racer perspective too, it's, it's a really good, you know, kind of shift your mindset over to, you know, what we're about to do. And I also think, uh, you know, it kind of gives you an idea of the, 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 the terrain of the car or of the course. So, you know, exactly what you're getting into right before it happens. And you don't have yeah. to think about, you know, you don't have to think about what, what could have been or what changed within the last hour or hour or two of you pre-running or what you did yesterday or, you know, what have you. So I think that that's awesome. Um, I'm trying to think, uh, the guys listening, if y'all have any more questions, feel free to chime in. Um, so we talked about the course, we talked about scheduling. Um, where do people go to sign up for events? If I have somebody that wanted to sign up today, how do they get, or for the, they wanted to sign up today for the October 31st race, how do they get that information and where should they go? Um, yeah, so we'll have pre-entry for the race opens after the race prior. So uh, race eight entry will open up after race seven. So look for it like October 12th on the website. Uh, yeah, that's okay. and then you can all you can always sign up at the event same day state race of. So, okay. Um, um, one more question. I'm not again, I'm from Nashville. Uh, are your races? Are they more in in one area of Kentucky? Are they more northern Kentucky, or are they scattered pretty well across the state? Uh, yeah, they're pretty scattered. You know, from like uh, our farthest west ones, about for thirty five minutes from Bowling Green, mm-hmm. um, and our farthest east one is about Ashland, and then we've got several right dead in the middle of those two spots. Put it up here. That's not a. Uh... It's not far away from me. That's exciting. I really <laughs> yeah. exciting. Um, Cause I, I'll tell you, I, I really like the idea of having um, a centralized race set up. Uh, I know there's a lot of guys that, that, I mean, we've got guys that travel from New Mexico to come race in Alabama. And then the next race is in, uh, you know, Northern Kentucky and this and that. So uh, yeah. there's, it's just, the 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 span that all of these distances covers is just crazy and 
Uh, I think if you can lighten that load and everyone knows where they're going to, you know, ballpark be, it makes it a lot easier um, for them. Yeah. Now, one thing I do see on here is the November 21st uh, race that's TBD. Do you have an idea? Could there be UTVs at that race? Because that's a race I could for sure make. Yeah, I mean, if we have a good, uh, it, it, yeah, I mean, that's definitely something that I would be looking at based on how race eight goes. Okay. If we have a killer turnout, I mean, it's a no-brainer for me. If we have a dud turnout, you know, probably won't fit it in just because, you know, it's a lot of extra work to put another course together to sure. get everything set up, have the staff ready for it on Saturday, you know. So, sure. I mean, really, race eight's a, a determinant for what the rest of next year looks like and race nine, too. Okay. All right. Um, so, pressure, pressure's on. Yeah, right. <laughs> um so let me ask you this, if in the event that the October 31st race goes off, um, you have some guys show up, if you were to open the pre-registration for the November 21st race, if you open it up for registration for UTV, um, and, and, you know, say for example, I don't know how long it takes to prepare, but, you know, 10 days before you, you have, you know, 15, 20 vehicles registered for UTV, would that be enough for you to go set that course up or is there a number in mind? Would you be open to having like a question mark on a race there? And the only reason I'm, I'm, I'm pitching that is uh, I, I'm not sure on the Halloween date if some people can get away, but I do know that if you November 21, 22, if you could open, if, if we could have a question mark there, I could definitely make the argument for some of my guys and some of the fans to be there for sure. Yeah, I mean, honestly, if, if we had, you said 1520, is that what you mm -hmm. said, or 1015? Yeah. 1520. Yeah, I mean, 20, I think, would be a no-brainer if we did, like, the 250 uh, entry fee. Okay. Um, you know, so, yeah, I mean, there's definitely a question mark there. I think that that's something that if you push me hard enough, I'll, I'll be like, okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. All right. Well, cool. I'll, uh, I'll put a pin in it and I'll, I'll start doing some talking to some folks. And uh, I'll tell you, there, there are folks that are going to listen to this and they're going to come check you guys out and, and, you know, we'll get the ball rolling. And I promise I'm going to, I'm going to be pushing for that, that no, November 21st <laughs> day. Cause uh, I'd like to come race regardless of, of what's going on. So awesome. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's, we hit pretty much um, a little bit of everything. Kind of got your name out there, talked about the courses, talked about safety requirements um, uh, entry fees, all that kind of thing, winnings. Um, what I'm going to do now is if you're listening to the podcast version, um, my Instagram, Facebook, racing on the rocks, uh, and racing on the rocks at gmail.com will be open for any suggestions or any questions that I can forward over to Derek. Uh, Derek's, uh, available as well. Um, where can people find, or let me ask you that before we go there. Um, is there anything else that you wanted to talk about that we didn't get to talk about? No, man, I think you, we did a good job kind of covering definitely the basics and I'm interested to learn more about kind of what you all want and just really dive in and see what kind of questions and how we can make this thing, you know, have it be a huge turnout. I, yeah. I'm excited. I'm going to, I'm going to hook you up with uh, my buddies, my buddy, uh, James Cantrell. I'm going to hook you up with his, his phone number or I'll get, I'll get your phone number and give it to him. Uh, he's a great resource to have and he's, he's in the area. So uh, awesome. he's, he's, he's one of the guys asking questions, trying to get some information. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, you know, he, he's got a little bit of pull in our industry, so I'm sure he can get a couple people to show up for sure. 
Um, but that being said, uh, where can people find you on social media to stay updated and find more information on these races? Yeah, well, so we're pretty big on both Facebook and Instagram. Instagram, we're at KY Off-Road and Facebook, you know, we're Kentucky XC Racing. Um, also our website, it's, uh, it stays pretty up to date with results, pictures from the events, but really most of our updates and, and infos going through those social media outlets. Okay, perfect. Perfect. Well, Derek, uh, I'm super happy. I'm very excited. Um, I'm super hopeful that everything comes through and, uh, I'll be, I'll be ringing the bell, uh, at the top of the tower to try and make this happen for you. Awesome, Jesse. Well, I appreciate it, man. It's been awesome having me on here and, if you ever need me again or after after uh, after race review would be cool. So just holler yeah. at me. We'll make it happen. Yeah. Well, what, what you can do for me is hang on to the line. We'll turn the live broadcast off and we'll hang out for a second. Thanks, everybody. All right. Appreciate it. We're giving away another set of Super Grip ATV K9 tires. You can find the link on Facebook and in our Instagram profile. Seriously, no strings attached. All you have to do is enter and the contest will be over October 31st. You can do a new entry every single day. And if you do all of the extra ways to enter, you can get 36, 36 entries on the first day. The Supergrip ATV tires are the world's best tire, in my opinion. They've been absolutely awesome for me. And I don't know if you've seen them on our social media, but they're a mean, mean tire when they get cut. They look like they get can grab anything. So if you're looking for like a super high performance tire that you can just rail all day long, the Supergrip ATV K9 tire is it. And you can take it to the next level by going to check out the mini Tennessee cut that's being done on these tires. It's pretty crazy how they, much they look like uh, the Big Bouncer Super Swamper tires. But in the event that you don't want to do that, the Super Grip ATV tire is an excellent tread pattern, excellent performing tire right from the get-go. SuperGripATV.com on Facebook and Instagram. Reach out to your local retailer, see them if they have them in stock. They probably don't because everybody wants them. Next on the list is Dynajet Research Inc. Dynojet is awesome because they gave my 1000 XP more power lots more power in fact um i run their uh power vision 3 tuner sorry I'm drawing a blank you guys i'm doing this in the middle of a work day don't recommend it my brain is in work mode and it's time to party so the power vision 3 tuner is an excellent upgrade to your vehicle one reason if you're like me i'm a big nerd i'm a software engineer by trade i can log all of the statistics and all of the data that's actually happening on my machine and custom build my own tune using the software that they provide. All I gotta do is upload it to my PowerVision 3 tuner and get it done from there. Or if you wanna trust someone smarter than yourself, like I definitely would, I would give it my best bet and probably blow my engine up. However, you can, you can mail your PowerVision 3 tuner, get the correct tune uploaded to it, or even better, just download one from the respective uh, tuning website. I know Aftermarket Assassins, Evo, everyone, they all use the PowerVision 3 tuner. Highly recommend it. And check out their, their clutch kits while you're there. Fully customizable clutch kits are the only way to make sure you get exactly what you want tailored to your style of riding. Dynojet Research Inc. on Facebook and Dynojet Research on Instagram. Okay, next, Diddy's Big Block Race Shop. 
We didn't meet the other weekend to get these shocks figured out, and uh, I'm kind of bummed about it. But, 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 it's going to work out. I know it will. Because I see how happy everyone else is. Uh, Grubicon, the stretch JL buggy Wrangler wide open design built. Diddy's big block revalve those shocks. You see how well that car works. There's a lot of different things that Diddy's big block can do. They are your number one provider for all Mark Williams products. And if you just need some work done and you're in the area, Chris over at Diddy's will take your ride and convert it to whatever finished stage you want him to. Whether it's fine tuning the suspension, doing a chassis build, even down to fine-tuning wiring plumbing. He can take your build from 0 to 100 or from 95 to 100. Diddy's Big Block Race Shop on Instagram and Facebook. Tell him I sent you. He's an awesome dude to work with. He's actually out there with uh, Shock Jesus right now, getting get going going back to Shock School. So he's just getting smarter and smarter as the time goes on. Super, ha- super happy to have that guy on board. Uh, next is irate 4x4. So back in the day, there used to be this really cool 4x4 website where everyone would post up their rigs and all this and that. So look, UTV-wise, uh, I never I never had a place to go look at builds and things like that. When I was in my Jeep days, I really enjoyed doing that. Also, I really enjoyed hearing what people had to say to each other about their choice of builds. Uh, irate 4x4 is a place where you can really... Either uh, go dish it out, tell them your opinion, or give some strong advice. Uh, irate4x4.com is a really cool place to go see a variety of different builds. Irate4x4 is on Facebook and Instagram. They're posting their build stuff all the time that show up on their website. I highly recommend it. Haven't started my build uh, thread over there yet, but it will only be a matter of time before it all gets done. So I'm really happy that they're on board because that is your number one reliable information source for your full-size trailer, UTV, uh, you know, toy hauler, camper, you know, full builds, everything can be found at irate4x4, I-R-A-T-E-4x4.com, and they're also doing some awesome philanthropy events right now uh, for a wounded wheeler. Please go check that out, irate4x4.com and irate4x4 on Facebook and Instagram. Uh, who we got next? We got all things UTV next. How could I forget? Uh, this is where I go get my axles, all my suspension components, pretty much everything that's not tires, lighting, and performance. Uh, I really like to shop at all things UTV. Not only do I know that I'm going to get some crazy low prices, seriously, y'all, I got my wheels from there, uh, my limit straps, the inner fender liners, my Razor Aid tender springs. And I had talked to Dustin and I was like, hey man, did you ring it, you know, like, is everything right? And yeah, everything was good and square. Everything showed up. I felt like I paid half of what I should have paid. So I'm so excited to have those guys on board. Uh, Dustin and his team are the best when it comes to customer service, getting everything shipped out on time, promptly, everything you can think of, all things UTV gets the job done. So if you're in need of parts, Check out allthingsutv.com and allthingsutv on Facebook and Instagram. And last but not least, it is Infinite Off-Road, www.infiniteoffroad.com, the best place to get your light bars and light pods. Uh, One thing that they did want me to mention this week is they now have magnetic rock lights. So if you want to move them from car to car, that's an option. Or you don't have the perfect place to mount them, or if you're running a buggy and you're looking to get some rock lights, Problem solved. 
magnetic rock lights with a 25-year, you break it, they fix it warranty, no questions asked. They have a pure white emitter on their rock lights, the only company that does that. Uh, they don't mix colors to create white, and I can guarantee that they're the whitest and brightest patterns. So, infiniteoffroad.com, infiniteoffroad on Facebook and Instagram. 